2: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Animal here on July nineteenth, one nine twenty seventeen, and today I just uh, I'm going to have a brief introduction. I want to tell you, actually, I want to warn you that success can be your downfall. I know you've heard it before, but I've got a specific example of how that can happen. Because if you're a leader, a leader, you know these big leaders, over time, leaders lose the ability to read other people. Science proves it it shows that people who have power are less able to see things from someone else's point of view the way the experiments they do to prove it are really funny i just don't have time to tell you right now but there's this thing that happens in your brain it's called mirroring mirroring and normal people they naturally mimic People They laugh when other people laugh, and if other people tense up, you tense up, because that's how you understand what's going on in other people. But with leaders, let me say that again, leaders, they don't do that. They've got what you call an empathy deficit, right? An empathy deficit, which in normal language means they're so full of themselves, full of themselves with that big title, that they're heartless. They've got no feelings for other people. Science says that bosses need to be humbled. They tend to be impulsive. They tend to be risk-takers. And only after they run into a big disaster do they start to calm down and become humble again, recognize that they're just normal people. And I want to tell you something. I know one place, you know, it's like a sanitarium that these guys can go to where nobody – gets to be a big shot, because the righteously resentful, like me, gets to cut them down, and Jerry,
2: Jerry, what show is that? The
1: recruiting animal... Not even five minutes before the show started. Tyron can uh if Tyron was on the phone with me. He can swear. Like four minutes, five minutes. Jerry calls, I'm not coming. Yep. I'm in Ohio at a big meeting. Hey, I'm in a big meeting, everybody, with a big company. He had to tell me that, right? <laughs> it was a big company. Big company. Big deal. Big company. Hey. Big deal, Jerry. I don't need you, okay? Stabbing me <laughs> you know, in the back, thought... even though I invited Well, go ahead, Maureen.
0: Animal was was that a recording? It didn't sound like one.
1: Yeah, it was a recording. You know what? Yeah. Let's all pray for Jerry. He's... Jerry must be making a pitch to a big company. Close your eyes. Okay. Just see
2: Jerry's face there or, or his shout just for about five seconds. <laughs> Jerry.
1: Golden That's light is going to Jerry in Ohio. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thanks, oh Jerry. Oh I knew gosh. he wasn't coming. I, I already I I already, you know, I had the recording all, already there. Anyway, I also want to thank my sponsors, Martin Snyder. FPC Recruiter, that's the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. And good old, excuse me, wow, no, Nintran over at HireTual, H-I-R-E. Thank you. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, the super hot sourcing tool. I used to call it the hot new sourcing tool. Notice I changed my wording. No heavy breathing, no heavy breathing. Don't make me fight with everybody. Okay, you don't know what I had to go through to get on the show on time today. And you, and I got – Tyron's my witness, right, Tyron? Yeah. Right? We had yeah. problems, right? Yeah. We, okay. did. we did. Tyron, what's your APAC? No, it's called something APAC. What's your Twitter address for everybody?
3: Uh, recruiter APAC. Oh,
1: you don't even know. AIPA. <laughs> I, I don't use
3: Twitter. I recruiter I recruiter
1: A-I-P-A-C. He hates Twitter. He don't Twitter. Okay, he don't, don't he come knows. on the show yeah. again. Okay. It's Jim here. I want to do a plug for Jim's, uh, Jim's classes, recruiting classes. I am. Jim, Jim Durbin. I'm here and
2: live and using my microphone.
1: <coughs> Make your pitch. I can hear you.
2: And luckily, ah. uh... <laughs> Hey, everybody. It's Jim Durbin with the Sourcing Work Lab. If you have a team that needs training, you need to figure out how to do it, you want to take it off of your plate, I can help you. It's live sourcer training every Monday from 1 to 2.30. It is the best and the cheapest in the industry, 99 bucks a month, and I will work on your jobs for you and teach your people how to do well. So check it out. Give us the link. Give
1: us – I didn't say take 10 minutes. No 10 minutes for free, okay? Just give us the link.
2: Sourcingworklab.com. Link.
1: What is it? Sourcingworklabs.com. Worklab, singular, or worklabs, plural? Singular,
2: worklab.com.
1: Okay. Thank you. Jim Durbin. Jim Durbin. You can always talk to him on Facebook. D U R B I N. Okay. I got a quick question for uh Tyron. Tyron doesn't like to sing, or I'd be happy to sing uh some kind uh, of Japanese song because he's over in Japan.
3: La dude, la that, la that la la like... la
1: happy song. What?
3: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> you, do you ever that, use Yeah you,
3: you Yeah.
1: Do you ever You're use not like do last the... week I had a shock?
2: I have a picture of me and you.
1: Let's just go. I don't know that song. You go ahead. Do it.
2: I'm turning Japanese. You don't don't remember that?
1: Oh, come on. Oh, turning Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's just get the show going. I don't want to have to edit everything out, okay? Just give me a break. Okay, look. Look. Rich Rosen was on last week, and he shocked me. And I know he surprised Maureen, too, and she's, you know, a cranky person uh, sometimes <laughs> about certain issues. And, and, yeah, he uses a speakerphone for his regular business, yeah. and I could hear him fine. And, and uh, Maureen even called him up. She didn't believe him. She thought he was a big, full-of-hot-air guy, and she phoned him up to find out what it sounded like, and she thought it sounded okay. Do you ever use a speakerphone for work, Tyrant?
3: Uh, yes, I do.
1: That's your answer? You don't want to tell us what kind of phone do you use? (laughs) Because my phone doesn't work that well for speakerphone.
3: Uh I think 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 we have... there's a usually though it's if it's if it's a conference call and there's a couple of guys on my side in the call, but rarely one on one would I do speakerphone. It would be in a private meeting room because we have an open plan in the office. So. Oh, okay, um, so that's different. Think, uh, that's different. That's not regular work. Come on,
1: wake up. You know I wasn't. I wasn't talking about conference calls. And you know what? Let me address something, okay, to all those people who complain on my Facebook group. Yeah, the show's not bad, but I can't stand the yelling? Look, half the people who come on this show, you can't hear them. I have to yell to be heard, okay? So just don't listen if you don't like the yelling. I don't care. Okay. Okay. Now you want to talk about something else. You you used Talendly, the online scheduling yes. tool. Last week, our, the yes. super recruiter, he said he doesn't use it. He doesn't use it. But you've got a special... You told me you've got a special hack
3: which
1: I have to tell you, I wasn't that impressed by, but I I will let you tell everybody about about it. Go ahead.
3: Well, I mean, look, recruiters are notoriously cheap. You know, if they don't have to pay for something, they won't, I found. And uh, the free Calendly function, if you use it, you can do one event, meaning you can set one um, scheduled type of um, meeting that you want to hold. So... For people like me who do face-to-face and phone call meetings, there's a little section in the um, setup of Calendly, and when you make an event, you can actually ask a question for the person to fill out. So you can put their, you know, name, phone number, but you could actually, you know, get two for the um, two for the the price of one by actually just putting one question: Do you want a phone call? Or do you want a face-to-face meeting? So instantly, you t- you turn your free, um, calendly function of only doing one event into two events. Woohoo! It's free. Per there month, right? Per month? Per month? Yeah. You that's
1: can that's have really quite nothing. Means- that's a blo- that's a blockbuster announcement. <laughs> forget about a- it. <laughs> okay, let's go on. Yeah, forget it. Okay, don't ruin the show. <laughs> you use ducks soup. Ducks. I don't know why I let you talk about that. Edit it out. Ducks soup. D U X soup. Right? You use that? Yes.
3: Yes, I do. I do. Because
1: you were raving. You said you like it. You said you like it. Go ahead.
3: I do. I do like it. I think um, duck soup is a good little um, tool that if you utilize it um, as a part of an overall strategy for LinkedIn in terms of getting exposure on LinkedIn um, and hitting up certain people every day. Mm -hmm and getting them to come back and look at you. So, for example, if there's a target list of 100 people a that I want to... Hold, um, Hold on. Hold yeah. on. Hold on. Yep. Hold on.
1: Okay. Yep. First of all, Duck Soup, as I, I read about it this morning, it allows you to make yep. notes on a LinkedIn profile and save them there. That's what it does. Am uh, I right? Because it sounds like you're talking about something different.
3: Uh, that's that's one that's one tiny aspect of it I think where the power of this is is in the power of automation of of a um, of a process and that is if you want uh, you know there's a natural tendency when you look at someone's profile on LinkedIn or they look at you you tend to do the look back right you look you get this notification Oh, Mm -hmm. John's looked at me normally you go to their um, you well most people or a percentage of people will go and have a look who's looked at them. Now, that that can be quite powerful if you have an awesome LinkedIn page like I do. Your page is horrible animal, but my page is awesome. Um, So what it means is, if I'm targeting 50, for example, 50 CEOs of advertising agencies in Singapore, Um, I can, at the start of the day, I just do the search, pull up the 50 guys, I press duck soup, and what it does is randomly goes to their page and visits their page. And it does it so it's at different speeds. Um, It opens up their page. Um, It does have the option that you can actually connect automatically with them or send a connect and a message with the connect. It allows you to endorse them for a certain skill if you wish. Um, But more importantly, it just goes in there and leaves the record that you've looked at them. And what happens after that, invariably, is the percentage will look back at you. And then you know they see if they catch something really interesting on in your profile, they'll either send a connection to you, or you look back at them and you give, give a connection. I found that I get about 10 to 15% um, look backs, and that invariably leads to a connection, which then can start a dialogue with these guys. And it's done automatically. Okay. You know, if you have Couple a business of plan on Couple LinkedIn couple yeah. of issues. Yeah.
1: A couple of issues. First of all, you told us last time you were here, which wasn't that long ago, mm. that you, you Japanese mm. people uh, – Tyron is in Tokyo, if somebody doesn't realize that. And he's, he mm. said Japanese people don't use LinkedIn. Now, he also said he's mm. not really recruiting Japanese people. He's recruiting foreigners who want to work at multinational, you know, global American corporations. That's, a, that's what I remember. So I don't know which I, I, CEO –
3: No, no, I do I do. Let me finish. Just let me finish. Let
1: me finish. (laughs) Please.
3: You're wrong. The wrong.
1: Okay, well, you'll correct me in a second. Just let me get it out there, okay, so the people can understand. So my impression was you weren't really using uh, a tool that would uh, appeal to your audience. (laughs) Secondly, um, that Duck Soup, it sounds like the kind of tool that LinkedIn would put you in LinkedIn jail for, because it's actually automatically going out and uh, connecting automatically with people, mass, mass connections. I, I think that was specifically noted as, as one of the tools that are going to be uh, prob- problematic. Now, over to you.
3: Okay. So, firstly, I recruit in Japan. I recruit 95% of the people I recruit are Japanese nationals for foreign companies operating in Japan. So they are usually bilingual, bicultural people. Across Asia, though, I tend to do a mix of locals in those markets and expats in the market. So that's that's the difference. Um, when we talk about um, the limitations of LinkedIn with Japanese. Yes, there's a smaller portion of Japanese on LinkedIn and therefore it's not like the US where you have a whole heap, a whole pool of candidates. Going to Duck Soup, no, it doesn't, it's not going to get stopped by LinkedIn at all. Uh, The way it does it, if you have a business account, you, you can do up to 400 searches or you can visit 400 profiles in a day with your business account. What this does is it randomly, Opens them up at certain seconds, like we'll go five seconds, ten seconds, then it'll break for 19 seconds, and then after it sees ten, so it it actually replicates, uh, you know, almost human activity. So there's none of this like it doesn't just open up a hundred at once and be done, and and leaves this um, um anomaly that LinkedIn can easily find. It is quite a randomized um, um event. So. For, you know, to track 400, open up 400 people, you can set okay, it so it takes each how, how much? How much? How much? Maureen, that was
1: your question, okay?
3: How 14 much? bucks. 15 bucks a month.
1: Four, four, one five? Yeah, one five. That's not much. That's not much, know, is it's it?
3: awesome. It's an awesome tool. It's an awesome tool because you get so much look back from it. And when they see you like cool shit on your... Oh, Cool stuff on your uh, LinkedIn profile. People then like send me a connection, and they're the people I'm targeting. These specific people. So that's automatically running every day. I just set it in the morning, and I run it for the targets that I'm trying to hit that week. And and it just you know it's a passive tool that just gets people looking at my profile. Allows me. Um, to to approach them again, start that dialogue, and it, I find it excellent. And for fifteen bucks, it's are, quite are an Are you awesome. hamming
1: up your Australian? Uh, 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 are you hamming up your Australian accent this time? Because I said you didn't sound like an Australian last time you were on.
3: <laughs> no, I'm not. Do I sound more Australian? Maybe I'm just more tired. Yeah, you do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, like, it's around 2 o'clock where this guy is, 2 in the morning. Anybody else on the line use, you know, I wanted to ask, I forgot, does anybody else use a speakerphone for regular uh, regular work when they talk to, you know, candidates and clients? Anybody else on the line who uses a speakerphone?
4: Only when my headset no? dies. Okay. okay,
1: yeah, so you use a headset. Okay. can't imagine
2: it. Okay. can't imagine it. Ooh
1: me mean either. anybody else use Duck Soup?
2: I used to use Extractor anybody for else? this. It worked the same way. You did your searches, and then because it yeah. visited the profile, and it, what it did is, yeah. I had an enormous number of connections. So I'd, I'd set up every Sunday, and I'd, I'd send a list of directors and CMOS, and and you know, basically trying to increase the number of people that I. It works great for recruiting because people looking know what you're doing, and they uh-huh. send a connection and often send a resume. So it works. Um, but you're
1: not using it anymore. But you're not uh, using well, it anymore, Extractor right? Extractor got
2: busted. Extractor got busted, and I was using it to pull uh, um, Excel sheets. So I don't know that I would do that for Duck Soup, but I just pulled it up. I, I wouldn't use it on LinkedIn, but I would do a search to see if it would do it. Um, I think very shortly they're going to bust you on it, but, you know, it's no different. Really? than a search okay. I used to have my daughter do it on an iPad. Might as well do it automated.
1: Well, you had your little kids doing your work for you. So maybe hey, that answers a question.
2: on Monday, sitting there, and they just <laughs> click open for Daddy. Is <laughs> that
1: <laughs> Yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah, okay. That's good. Good, That's smart. Okay, you so you want to talk about... Okay. Did you... Uh, they're taking your calls for you, too. Uh, Tyron, were you a good recruiter <laughs> yeah. from day one? Yes, you were um, a good
3: recruiter from on day one? I was... I was the... I was one of the best recruiters ever from day one (laughs) when I joined when I joined joined my company um, I had no idea what what recruiting was about and I arrived on the first day and they said okay there's another Aussie that joined about um, three months ago and he met um, 82 candidates in 22 business days of the first month can you do that and I said sure I can do that Um, and that was old school back in the day as well, old school for me 15, 16 years ago, it was a red phone book. The guy said, start at M and name collect brand managers of every company in this book and once you get to 100, then start calling them and make appointments. So I did that. At the end of the first 22 days, I'd met 84 candidates. At the end of my first 12 months of recruiting, I had personally, personally called, sourced, um, met, booked, met them face-to-face, 509 candidates in 12 months, and I did 17 placements and billed $333,000. In my second year, I doubled that.
1: And that's your long so, yeah. way of saying, yes, you were, good, you were a good recruiter from day one, right?
3: Well, I saved you. Out. Yeah, I saved you saying, "Tell me how." Okay.
1: And what, what, was the, what, what was the hardest part to learn? I mean, was there anything that was really easy or anything that was difficult? I'm just wondering. These guys who are big billers, you know, why why are they good at it? Why are they making big money? Is there something about them uh, or some skill that you did naturally, or is there something that you had to push yourself to do, or something you had a really hard time learning to do?
3: Um. I think when you're surrounded by some people who are just striving to be number one on the board and if you are a competitive type of person then you will naturally fall into place and and just go for it as well Um, and there was four guys or three guys in the office that were like that and just you know Uh I, I just wanted to be like them and I found you know just I just followed what they did I just listened to them we had no training my my founders of the fir- of the firm that I first started off there was there was no training it was really like listen to what the guys behind you doing and just copy that and um i just found that it was mass output, just a lot of activity, um, and I just did, i didn 't care about getting rejected i didn 't care about making people upset um, I, I, like Ross last week. I just went for it I did, did call after call after call, and I did whatever it took to to get that appointment and, and book the person in and There was people around me that that had already been in the company for you know three months to a year. And they were just, they were lazy and they weren't doing it. And they kind of, you know, they teased the guys that were performing well. It was kind of bizarre. Um, But the the four top billing guys um, are still in the market um, in different parts of the world and still doing big numbers after, well, that was 2002. So, you know, 15 years on.
1: Okay. I'm going to ask you a question related to that. I'm going to do an ad. In the meantime, while I'm doing the ad, you'll have a time to think of the answer, okay? Maureen was belittling me, uh, trying to emasculate me this past week. She called me a wimp because, because here's the reason, that I have trouble. If I'm, there was two situations. One situation, I'm trying to get these, uh, these tradesmen uh, who work on CNC machines. They're working in these shops 24 hours. There's one phone in a room with 20 guys, right? And I want to recruit right. as many as I can, but they're going to hear me calling in from one guy to the next. I have a big problem with that. And last week I talked to Rich here, and I said, would you recruit everybody on a, a team? And uh, he said, yeah, but i got a problem with that because you're, like, ramming it in your fa- the candidate's face. You're, you're First you're saying, yeah, I want to recruit you for this company. It looks like it's a good match. And then he finds out that you're recruiting the competition against him. As well. Now, that's your right as a third-party recruiter. You're there to make money. He's not paying you. But I think that must come as a shock to those people. They're not ready for that. They don't understand it. You come across as their buddy, and then all of a sudden you're rooting for the other guy. At least that's what it seems. And uh, anyway, I want, you to, I want you to comment on that if you're on Maureen's side or, or my side, okay? But right now I'm going to do an ad for PC Recruiter. Yeah, Marty! Marty Snyder's the boss over there. And you know what? I'm going to tell you the same thing I told you last week, because maybe you didn't remember. But you know, there's people who are funny, and they get a joke, and they'll tell it. They'll be the first to tell it. You like it. (coughs) Excuse me. I don't know why I'm coughing today. The first few 20, 20 or 30 times you've heard it, you laugh. Then you stop. And that's when the... Dummies get it. That's when the unfunny people get it. And they start beating that old joke to death. I mean, size matters. What, what, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, that was a little sexual joke, right? Size matters. Now you still hear it. Hey, don't make noise during my ad, okay? Don't breathe into the mic. Don't run your nose in the mic or blow your nose in the mic. You're on a show. Okay. Anyway... Coming back to my client, PC Recruiter, my advertiser, my sponsor, okay, you got these guys going around saying size matters, but at PC Recruiter, they say the opposite. They're contrarians. Size doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. And you know why? Because big or small, they fit them all. Big or small, they fit them all. And at PC Recruiter, that means they make software that can be used by big recruiting firms or small recruiting teams, and you know why? Because PC Recruiter is inclusive. That's a key word. PC Recruiter is inclusive. It accommodates everybody, so size doesn't matter. You might be a solo recruiter who only uses a few of the features, or you might be a giant company who uses everything. Either way, PC Recruiter loves you when they want to take care of you and cuddle you and smother you with kisses. Everybody gets good service. At PC Recruiter, because size doesn't matter. Big or small, they fit them all. Big or small, they take care of you. Go. Do me a favor. Check them out at PCRecruiter.net, and I promise I'll do something next week. That size matters. It's out the window. I don't like it anymore. But it's true. Okay? Back to my friend, Tyron. I got to do the ad without having a fight with Jerry. What a pleasure. Okay. Okay. I'm sending prayers to Jerry. I love Jerry, but I don't like him bugging me when it's time for me to do an ad. I'll I'll say it here now. Okay. What whose side are you on, siren? Me or Maureen?
3: Maureen. Am I, a wimp? Maureen.
1: There you go. I think you're
3: a wimp. I think you're a wimp. Um listen I you know, I I regularly hunt from teams and from companies. There's one company I have met 147 out of about 190 that I know of that are in the company. <laughs> so, you know, I I just don't care because actually when I meet these guys, especially if it's a team, the last guy I meet usually says like, oh, you know, why am I last? Or what took <laughs> you so long to get around to me? Um you know, it's fear of missing out. FOMA, you know, these guys, you know, professionals, not, not people who are just, you know, just players, but professionals, they know what recruiting is about. They're smart. And if you say, look, your company is a company that I target and, and they know it now. These companies know it. Um, because there's only a few in Japan that I love to target and take people from, so I have no issue calling out a team. Um, I've never had anyone get cross about it, and um, you know we're not. I'm not buddy buddy friends with them. You know it's a, it's, it's, it's my business um, to meet them. So um, go for it. I have no issue.
1: You've got okay, the of stinker animal. Thanks, Maureen. Okay, so that's your refrain. Uh, here's the thing, though. It's not even a matter of whether you're friends with them. It's a matter of whether you're going to shock them and turn them off. Where you're like, are you calling, uh, let's say, five people in the same five people in the same team for the same job?
3: Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay.
1: Really? Yeah. And no one has ever had a negative reaction. Oh yeah, you call Joe next to me.
3: No, uh-huh. because generally what's happened, they, they might even say, well, that's not for me. But hey, you know, they uh, I mentioned it last week. They may dob in a friend and say, hey, you should you should contact you know um, Tony or you should contact the Nakasan. Uh, so um, I've never had someone go off at me, and 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 um, I've had situations where I've had candidates um, go in for the same role and go for interviews and cross paths at the client. That was a little bit um embarrassing um but um but yeah, at that early stage the at the early stage, pff, no no, I mean, it's like just look at the numbers okay, Jim, right? you, you've got to speak to sorry
1: Jim Durbin Jim you still here, Jim, Jim, I think he's gone. We did his ad already, at okay that early stage, it's
0: not personal, it's business.
1: Uh yeah, but they don't know that. That's my contention. Yes, they Cox, do. Are you still here? Yes, they, they, do. Do. Here. they do. I am
4: here. I am here.
1: So if somebody somebody calls you to recruit you, and then you know you, they here. they tell you, Mike, you know, Mike, I think you're really good for this job, and I'm really excited about it that you want to go see this company, then you find out that they called Richard, who used to be with you. They call Richard as well. I mean, you say gee whiz, they're not really, I don't know what's wrong, I need a drink. You're not really interested in me?
4: Yep. Um, I have had that um, on, on both sides. It, you're you're going to get both negative and positive, or I should say negative and neutral responses for that, and you can't control for it. Um, if that's the big question that's holding you back, get over it. Um, but you are going to get negative responses, people saying not feeling special. Um and, and you can you can talk your way around that.
1: Yeah. Uh, in advance? No. After no. the fact, right?
4: On the yeah, you know, on the spot or after the fact.
1: hmm Okay. Okay. The other people, big I, question people are Tyron, me, are you here? Go
3: yeah, ahead. I I was gonna say people have said like, Oh, you know, do you have other guys in play for this role? Um and I, I will tell them yeah, look, you're one of um, a number of candidates that have been put forward. This is what I like about you. This is what I like about your strengths. And da, 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 da. And just focus it back on, you know, why, why I've recommended and put them through. So, um, you know, I, I, it would be a rare person to think that they're the only person um, up for a job.
4: No, I think a lot of people think okay. they're the only person up for the job.
3: Too many people really? think
4: that way. No oh, think I, about what people I, do no, with I, their resumes and the way they apply for positions and, and then they're just absolutely shocked when you when they're not selected um, well, that's it, our it happens I, all I, the I, time
3: mark i i didn't I didn't get that at all I didn't get that at all nice well, no, no,
4: I, no I, I don't understand it myself, but I'm just saying it happens
2: mm-hmm. mm.
1: someone else someone else trying to talk
2: Anil, can you hear Was me someone
1: else trying to say something?
2: Yeah. It's Durbin.
1: Yeah, Durbin. Am I muted?
2: Yeah. Oh, I, was, I was on, man. You got me muted. Oh, yeah, I, so I, I didn't people. think so. We call people. He was done I with you. comment, by the way, about me hopping off because of the ad. No, sir. I'm here for you. <laughs>
1: okay, I, I, you don't have to. You, I, <laughs> just, I invite people. No, I invite I, people to call in and plug your thing. I was joking.
2: I I'm don't here care if you stay yourself. the whole show. Don't.
1: Okay, go ahead. Now, Jim, you, would you call, call people, everybody? Yeah.
2: Well, as so we call people, we say, listen, you're amazing. You're incredible. And I have a great job for you. And then at the end, they're surprised when they find out that there was somebody better. That has everything to do with recruiters selling false optimism, which is why we yep. put 30 freaking explanation points in our text and our emails. I'm so excited you got the interview. We're not, we're not that excited. <laughs> and uh, it's, we're we're literally lying to the candidates instead of just saying, "Hey, this is responsible. You got to do your thing." Yes. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to yeah. rub it in their face that you've got other people there, but they have to. You know, if they're surprised, it's because you did a poor job explaining. Um, right. But
1: Jim, Jim this it. is the thing. Here's here's where I, you said something that the, see when they find out that the person sitting next to them. That is rubbing their face in it. It's not just somebody else who's going for the job. It's the guy sitting right next to him, right? Or maybe even his boss. Uh, You know, I think that is. What?
2: Isn't he hiring teens?
1: No, no, individuals. You're hiring individuals. Yeah, you're hiring individuals. You're calling a, a bunch of them okay, at the same company, the same team. So I'm going in for a position, and my competitors are the guys I'm working with right now at my current job, and, and you're backing all of us, okay? So it doesn't make me feel like you're my agent or anything or that you've built a special relationship with me. That's
2: we're not their kind agent. Of
1: all I'm, I'm... They're not paying you.
2: Yeah, not I know. Paying, we're not their agent. We're trying to figure out who works best. And if they want to work hard, they've got to come to the table with something else. I don't know why that's uh, that's surprising.
0: And most of these guys are probably looking at okay. other jobs anyway.
4: Well, and here's the fact yeah. e- even if they're your agent, you know, as, as you're referring to them, you, your agent may bring you various opportunities, some of which might not be
1: the best fit for you. Okay, well, that's different. Is that Rich Rosen? That is. Who's, who's that? Okay, let's come back. Aren't you the guy that says you always have to seem. Like a, a partner, not a vendor. Is that only for the clients? Don't you try to appear like a buddy with the candidates as well?
0: Yeah, I mean, your partner's with the client. They're who's paying you? You're not that you you want yeah, okay. you're not going to screw the candidate. You know, your candidate you're going to treat you're going to treat well. But you know, you got a job to do. They they know you got more than one person going in. They have more than one opportunity. They're probably looking at.
1: Okay, everybody's against me, and I, I'm glad. I'm glad. I want to lose that battle. I want to lose that battle. But does anybody want to address that other issue of calling that one shop, that CNC machine shop, and recruiting all 20 people in there through one phone? Anybody? That's, Besides that's more, I know so Maureen can do that's
2: it. Anybody?
1: Done. I've done it. Why would you not do it? Because hey, you pal- call up, and then they – and then somebody answers the phone. He says, oh, Joe, it's for you. And he goes, get you. And then, I don't know, an hour later, same guy picks up the phone, recognizes your voice the first or second or third time. And, and then it's for for Mick and Betty. And then you're calling through everyone. And don't they say, they what's going on here? You just what? don't
2: lie to them. You just get, hey, it's funny. you know what? Let's just make a list. Let's go grab beers. Let's. I yeah. understand that game. Wait, hey, some... who should I be talking to? Who do you want to work with? Oh, yeah. Who should I, mean, I have? Here you related?
0: go. I, you make a game, game of, game of, of, of it. it. I've been putting him, him on a conference you. call
2: before. These are blue-collar guys, man. They get it. Here you go. Just be honest you with you. You
0: can't worry about it. Who cares?
1: <laughs> who cares? Okay. That's, that's, the, that's what I said last week. That's his philosophy. Who cares? You're right. And that kind of tyrant. <laughs> you care. That's not That kind of
4: stuff. You care.
1: Tyron, you that's you're point about, line, yeah. about okay, it, right? You, you yeah, to that, me. I mean, okay. I,
3: you know, either, either they're going to, you know, sell me a no, or, or I'm going to make money. So, I you know, I don't care. Like, it, it doesn't worry me to make them. I'm, I'm not uncomfortable by it. it. Doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It makes me no. richer. So, you know, I'm fine with that. Hey, by the okay. way, on I'm going to do. I pulled it up. It's got mm. terrible Boolean. <laughs> It's a very old book. I don't use it for bullying. I've done like three bullying searches in 15 years in my life, so i made millions doing millions without you've done it. More than I like it. I so,
1: think Jim, Jim, Jim Durbin, before I go to another ad, what's your URL again for your classes?
2: SourcingWorkLab.com.
1: Sort of SourcingWorkLab.com. <laughs> Okay, the next question, and I'm going to let you guys think about it, is what if the salary offered turns out to be too, too low? What do you go back and say to the hiring manager? And I'm going to tell you now, though, while they're thinking about that, about Hire Tool. and I don't have to fight with Jerry before I talk about it, eh? H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L, Hire Tool is a full-service sourcing tool. You tell it what you want, and it writes those Boolean strings for you. If you're a guy like Tyron who doesn't know, who's a little, you know, on the slow side with the Boolean strings, and you really do need them, then they'll, it'll do it for you, okay? And I, I'm not so smart either, so I like something that can do things for me. And then it gives you back your results, and it ranks them in the order of the person who's most suitable for your position. It tells you what their salary probably is, and it also takes a good guess at who's ready to leave and who isn't, and it searches a bunch of websites, like Facebook, GitHub, and LinkedIn. Now let me tell you something about LinkedIn. There's been this whole extension uh, scare out of nowhere almost about, hey, don't use these uh, extensions on Chrome that find out the contact information for the people you're looking at. Well, gather after a few weeks of talking about it that there's nothing to fear. And here's why. When you look at a profile on LinkedIn, what happens is the software, whether it's Hire Tool or another contact uh, uh, discoverer or finder, it goes back to their own database. It just reads that name or the URL and it goes back to their own database, which is separate from LinkedIn, and hauls out the information that matches that person's name and gives it to you. So they're not really touching LinkedIn at all. And that's why they all say, You're going to be okay. If you use our stuff, and that's true of Hire Tool, they've got a Chrome extension that's free, so you can check it out and you can try to, try out their ability to find the contact uh, information you need, phone numbers,
3: uh, email addresses.
1: Per... Uh, uh, don't talk while I'm talking. Don't talk while I'm talking. Okay. <laughs> It'll find. It'll find. And this is an issue. It's another issue for me. It'll find personal email addresses and personal phone numbers. And there's all kinds of people saying, "Oh, you can't call people at work. You have to call them at home." Does that make you a telemarketer? Okay. Is it better to call people at home when they're relaxing than calling them at work? You decide. But hire a tool can find their home numbers for you. HireTool can find their Hotmail addresses and Gmail addresses rather than their work addresses. So check it out. I'm going to read you what Mike Doran said on my website. Okay? My Facebook site. Not my website. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to lie. I just did. Anyway, he said, I was contacted by my rep from another sourcing tool today. And you know, I've said this a few times. Maybe other people can say it with me. He offered me a good deal. But I told him that I just bought a year of Higher Tool. I paid for Higher Tool on my own when I was over at Dropbox, and it killed there. It killed it. I highly endorse Higher Tool. It's amazing. It's the best sourcing tool on the market right now, and I'm a raving fan. I tell you, I don't even know Michael Duran, and he came and swore out loud in public. Okay? So there you go. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. T-U-A-L. If you wanna have a demo, Nintran's the guy. He's very gentle, doesn't bug you to buy, he just wants you to know about it, okay? Nintran. Nin with an H at the end. Back to my guest. you know, I took so long in that ad, I almost forgot who my guest is. It's Tyron Giuliani, mm. the Tokyo recruiter. Okay. Tyron, Tyron, what was the mm. question I what yes. was the question I gave you? You got I... a client and mm. I will just repeat it. I'll repeat it for the kids at home. Uh and uh <laughs> you got a client and the money they gave you for the job is, is too low. What do you do? Um
3: uh, when you were briefed at the start, I mean are you talking when it comes to offer and then they say this is the offer and it's way off compared no, to the side. No, 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 no. No, they
1: tell you they're paying a no. hundred and fifty they say go here's hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this job with oh, a ten okay, K right, bonus. Right, right. Okay, and you've talked yep. to a number yep. of people. Everybody's already earning that, so you know if they make a move, it's lateral in terms of money. So, what, what do you do? Yeah.
3: Yep. So, what I do is I go through my database of of candidates, and this is where you know recruiting in a niche really pays off, or having niches in your office um, pays off, um, because. What I tend to do is I pull up the data of of candidates that they're looking for, and I just show them and say, okay, these are these are people at your top five, ten competitors. Um, this is this is the salary that they're getting. Um, this is what you're offering. Um, it doesn't match up, and and of course okay. show okay. the band. Okay, I thought Maureen,
1: Maureen, 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 Maureen asked you. Yeah, no, I'm just repeating and telling him something about you, Maureen. Maureen said, what if you don't have that database? Okay. That's what I'm really on. I forgot to tell you. Forget, a, forget if you yeah, got you all to, the information at your fingertips.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I had said that you can go online and try to look at the salary surveys that are out there and, and get some kind of guidance on that. But, you know, the market's going to tell you what the reality is. So a call to 20 guys is going to give you um, the salary. Um, so um, that's what I would – that's what I have done. Okay, so do 20,
1: do. 20 calls – you know what? Forgive me, everybody. It's taken me so long, and you know I can hear my own voice is grating on me right now. He, this is what I wanted. Make twenty calls, find out what twenty people tell you, and you'll know, right? With confidence, you can go back to the hiring manager, and what do you tell them?
3: I tell them exactly what I've discovered, and just say you're not going to get anyone—not <laughs> at your—not at your direct competitors. So. um you know that they, they will listen and they will adjust if they're smart. Otherwise, just don't work on the search. If it's a contingent, I'd be I'd be walking away from it.
1: What would you say to them, or just ignore it, or would you say, "Listen, uh, you know what? I, I just think this is, your your terms are unreasonable. I'm not going to be successful. Let's let's work another time, not this time." Is that what you would say?
3: Exactly. The words to that effect. Like if you want me to find. You know, I, I'm, I'm here to find you the best possible talent in the market at, at that rate. And what I can say is we can't find someone that you're looking for that can do the job. So um, once you've adjusted, once you get more budget, come back to me and we can hit it again for you.
1: You know, I've been in that situation before. And some people will say, look, just keep looking. You're going to find people. And I remember Derek Zeller He was an inside recruiter and his boss, the Mm -hmm. hiring manager, you know, gave him an order and told him, you know, this is what we're paying. And he went to the market. Uh He found out it was too low. The guy said, just keep hammering those phones. And he did. He finally came up with three candidates. So, but that's Mm -hmm. not the solution you're recommending. That's not what you're recommending.
3: that's, 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 that's random. That's random luck. um, if you had a strategy and say to the client and if you're working closely with the client, if it's an exclusive or a retainer in particular, you know, a part of that process should be m- mapping out what the market is and saying, okay, these are the 60 companies, these are your direct or indirect competitors that you want to get people from, this is the market that, and you agree to that, this is where we're going to get people from. Um, you know, there has, to be, there has to be limits to a search, it can't go on and on and on. So when a client says, oh, keep on going, that's not a strategy, that's just they're they're asking for a miracle, that's ridiculous.
1: Hold on, you you arrange with the with the hiring manager before you actually go out and make mm-hmm. calls and look for people. You arrange the company. You say, listen, these are the companies I'm going to be searching. do you, do you agree? Is it, you do that?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, if it's an if it's an exclusive or, or retained, absolutely. That's what I do every time. Of course.
1: What if it, what if it's contingent?
3: Um, I'm not going to go that deep. No way. They don't have my time. Okay. So when I'm, when I'm getting a new okay. client and I'm selling that to them, that that's the story, right? It's like, this is what I can do for you. And they're like, well, oh, that's awesome. Okay, get started. Well, pay me. Oh, no, I can't pay you. Well, okay, you want the random contingency search result. All right. And then tell them what that entails. And then they're like, oh, they see the difference. So I, I um, try not to do any contingency wherever possible.
1: Does anybody on the line... Uh bring a list of companies to their uh, hiring manager or client before they uh, go out and make calls? Sometimes. No. I'm going to take... Some. Yeah? I've uh, taught people to I've, do it. i never it. heard... I I've... Tend to do it
2: anymore. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> you did you say not anymore? Yeah, you bring it to show you did the work. They're not going to look at it most of the time. So it's, it's You're going to do it anyway. You might as well do your sourcing plan and pull up 10 companies... So if they ask and you go, Hey, any of these ten companies good or bad? It's just it makes it look prepared, that's all. But I haven't done internal in a long yeah, time.
1: But but Tyron said Tyron said sixty companies. He didn't say ten. That's like, you know, scouring the whole uh the marketplace. It's it's it's, it's giving giving sort of all your work away too. So uh.
2: well, you say ten companies okay. and, and then you have ten pieces of blank paper behind it. <laughs>
3: okay (laughs) Uh, look if you if you're if you're given a a search a search on an exclusive and you have a contract with an exclusive you know you've got to put you've got to put boundaries and limits on what you're going to deliver and what you're going to do I, i don't see any other way of 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 providing value to a client if you can say look this is who we're going to hit this is these are the places that you want to get people from where you've had success hiring from before i'm going to hit every single one of these that's that's the difference. I mean, look on my LinkedIn. A couple of my clients talk exactly about that. It it gets results. It gets them paying me, you know, paying me the fees.
1: And Maureen wanted to support you on that. Were you saying something, Maureen? That's the way? No, I was asking,
0: um, I think it was Jim before. Do you do that anymore?
1: No, you said something before that. You said something before that. You forgot. Okay. You know, I, I understand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Now, 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 Tyron. I'm going to mm. do another ad. You know, I think just let me. I think my ads are too long. Jerry said they're too long, and he might be right about that. What do people think? They're kind of on the long <laughs> side, aren't they? You said, you said
2: you were going to shorten. Them. Too long. They're they're con- too, long. They're, they're yeah,
1: too long. long. they're too long. Okay. Well, They'd the thing is out. though, if. if, if if I shorten them, then I have to do more of them. But, you know, I'll just have to think a bit about it. Okay. No, you got it uh, right, okay. so
2: like, People who say it's too long aren't buying it anyway, so don't listen to them.
1: Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if i I don't get any feedback. You know, I, I really – I don't like charging for nothing, and I don't know if they're getting any, any business from my ads. But uh, that's not what the show is about. Let's move on. Rich Rosen, I don't know if he's still here. But I'm here. Last week he was on – okay, he stressed that planning – and turning down bad searches are two of the Mm -hmm. keystones of, of, you know, success. And and number one, turning down bad searches, that actually surprised me. Planning, you hear all the time, but the degree to which he stressed it surprised me. So, Tyron, I'm going to come back and talk to you about that, but I want to do another ad for my good friends at PC Recruiter (laughs) before that. And you know what? First, I want to talk about, I want to say hi to Nick Mazur. You know, we used to get Sister Allison Cruz uh, telling us that, hey, I was on my run, and I, I listened to the show, and I, I heard you mention my name, and I was so excited. It was terrific. Well, she just disappeared. I don't hear that from her anymore. But this week, Nick Mazur, M-A-Z-U-R, that's the Canadian spelling, uh Nick Mazur posted on Facebook, he said, I was doing my run, and all of a sudden I I heard my name mentioned in an ad for PC Recruiter, and that was awesome, he said. That was wow. Well, I felt good, too, that someone listened to the ad and enjoyed it, okay? So I'm going to tell you that Nick Mazur said on Facebook, he said, it just sounds like I'm doing ads for Facebook. He said, we use PC Recruiter, and we love it. We love, love, love it. I have demoed a ton of systems, and they have the most robust features. Robust, okay? That's what Nick Mazur said. A guy named Steve Schwartz said, PC Recruiter offers great support and features that help me make placements. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Those placements, it's totally worth the cost for the value it delivers, okay? Here's someone else, I'm a solo recruiter, and I use PC Recruiter. I'm pleased. She's very humble, even though I probably don't use all the functions. I think the as a little mouse when she says that. She's so sweet, okay? So you go check out P C Recruiter. And tell them Animal sent you at P C recruiter dot net. P C recruiter dot net. Thank you. Okay, I shortened that one a bit. I shortened it. Maybe it had a little more impact because of that. <laughs> What question did I ask you? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pull a more. I'm gonna do Maureen's thing here. I, I don't remember even what I was talking. Oh, planning, planning. Uh, no, uh, Rich, is okay. Rich is on the line. Turning clients. Rich is on the line. He plans. Yeah, he plans for three hours a night in front of the television. And uh, yeah, and he turns clients down. He said, "You see, that's that really surprised me." He said, "That was one of the most." uh success or earth-shattering things for him when he realized that turning clients down is is one of the key uh paths to success. So I want to hear what
3: you've got to say about that. Yeah, I, I think he, I think he's my brother <laughs> because <laughs> I I I absolutely I I turn more down than I take. Um Agreed. and yeah, way more than I take. So I'm, I'm evaluating the clients. I'm making, I'm making them come to me. I mean, if a, certainly if a client comes to me, they're in pain. But then obviously they're not in enough pain if they don't want to pay me some money to get my full attention to do a search. So um, I regularly turn down roles even from my top clients. One of my clients, one of the largest advertising agencies in the world, they're begging me. Begging me to work on three searches at the moment, but they 're a little bit tough, um, and i don 't want to go after those ones because i 'm not going to you know have much recyclability of the candidate so um, i 'd rather not work on it than than than, than work on it so um, regularly turn down clients and roles every week how, multiple how roles do you do every- it
1: How do you do it because so many recruiters are terrified that, you know, even if the hiring manager gives them unreasonable uh, specifications or or, or job descriptions or salary, you know, offerings, they're Mm. afraid that if they turn something down, uh, they're, you know, burning a bridge, then they're going to be sorry about that later, Uh, you know, every bridge you turn uh, down now turns into a Uh, ravine later.
3: Not at all. I think it's the other way around. I think you take on everything and you don't deliver. That burns them more and, and annoys them more than anything else. So if a client says, "Oh, can you do this?" and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and never deliver, and the fact is, if, if they're doing contingency, they've probably got a less than six, eight percent chance of actually filling that role. So yeah, taking it on and not filling ninety-four percent of what you work on—that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. So, um, so I how much, do you the turn way it I down, down do out. Okay, exactly what I say to clients is like, okay, I love what you're doing at the moment. I've already allocated resources for three other clients that I'm working on. They've paid deposits down. I do have more space to put in a new search, but you're going to need to pay me up front. Paid deposit, and, that, and that's how I do it. And um, if they want me, then they're going to pay. So I'm always busy okay, with retainer. If, that's the turn down.
1: Okay, but so what if you actually, though, went out and marketed yourself – and uh, they gave you the search, and you decided, you know, this isn't the search I want to work. I don't think that the, the likelihood of me, the money's not that great, or the position doesn't sound that exciting, I don't think I'm going to make a fast placement on this one. Uh, does that ever happen?
3: I've, are you saying I've gone to a client, chased a client down, and they've given me yeah, a well, role? Yeah, well,
1: yeah, you can put it, over. Yep. maybe if they yeah, come, okay. even if they come to you. Uh-huh. you. You take a look at the search, and you don't think it's a real moneymaker. Do you say, okay. I don't want this?
3: I, I yeah I t- I explain to them what is likely to occur for me on if I take this search on, and that the ROI on this it doesn't make sense for me to do it at this stage, and if you come back with different terms or different you know if it's a different structure, different solution you're looking for, then we can talk. So I always put it into some kind of metric, some kind of value to show them the reason I'm turning them down. It's not just because I don't like them. It's just at the end of the day, my time and there's opportunity cost, there's direct cost. And if it doesn't make sense um, for me to do it in a business-wise, I'm not going to do it. And they respect so, that. My, I, I, Rich,
1: I, Rich Rosen... His, mm-hmm. Rich, you're his brother. Is he doing it the right way, or do you have to tell your little brother? You have to advise him. I mean, uh, well, I'm not clear. You know, he's, he's just telling him, hey, there's no money in this for me, really. No, uh, I'm on. not going to do your search for you.
0: I, I, I mean, I, I'm I just like him. I mean, I've turned down over 50 searches already this year. And the last one I turned down the other day was, you know, the, the terms are ridiculous. Their salary wasn't fantastic. And I, you tell him, You just tell him straight out, this is what's wrong you know it's not worth the time if you're not going to put any risk into the search yourself why am i you know if you yep. once you realize that your time is more valuable than theirs i mean it sounds really anti you know anti uh business in some respects to say listen my time is more valuable than your clients if you do this job right it is you're making you know if you do it right you're going to make four, five, six hundred 600 bucks an hour more than your your vp of sales more than your your guys are placing so have a little pride in yourself either you work on stuff Absolutely. or People want to partner with you. They want to work on like terms. You know, you, know, you can be a little flexible, but when they want like a 90-day, 100-day, 100 120-day, six-month money-back guarantee, you know, have fun. Go give it to the putts who's going to do it for 15%. You
1: know? <laughs> I love listening to this guy. But you know what? When, when the, I get off the show, I, I, it give, makes me high for a while, but it comes down Tyron. Do you agree with him about the guarantees? You know, if they want 90 days, screw you.
3: Um, the Japan market, it pretty much is a 90 day. Um, some clients have got it 40 days. Uh, you know, the fact is, I have rarely ever had someone quit within that period. So it's, it, you know, if, it's, 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 a, if it's a roadblock for them. Well, yeah, I think it's yeah, it's yeah, more I mean, the
0: principle of it because it sets the tone of, listen, this guy's not going to put any risk into his hire. You know yeah yeah for sure but you me. my fees
3: are thirty five yeah my fees are thirty five percent though so you uh, know you're better than it, me. <laughs> <laughs> but he's in, another, he's in another country. He's in another country.
1: Okay? And he, he said he told us last time he was on he's got, he's got some kind of elevated status because he's a foreigner. Uh, now, but hold on a second. What what if they said back to you, Tyron, you know, you said, you know what? There's not enough money in this for me. It's going to be too hard to fill. And they said, look, that's why we're coming to you and paying your fee because we come with the jobs that are hard to fill, not the ones that are easy. Okay? And what do you say?
3: Um, I say, yeah, again, I go through the process and tell them what I'm going to do and the solution. And this is what it costs. And if they want to pay that cost and I can do it, I'll do it. But if I'm not going to do stuff for them for free and, and run around, um, with, you know, 15 other recruiters, um, doing free work for them. So I hold my ground and, you know, a great line that I learned from um, Mike G was, you know, I may I may not be the cheapest on the front end, but I'll certainly be the cheapest on the back end when you hire the wrong person. So, <laughs> I like
1: that. <laughs> okay, now you you wanted to talk about metrics, and I've left you about four minutes <laughs> to, to do so. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The floor is yours.
3: Uh just uh yeah, look I, I keep there's there's a few people there on in the recruiter um online site that are you know, seem to be anti metrics. Um I, I'm not quite sure how people keep a level head in this business and are not stressing if they're not actually knowing their metrics. Um, because um, you know, I track and regularly track um how many recruiting presentations I make per day. I, I track how many clients I talk to per day, marketing presentations. I track of course the amount of you know resumes I send out and then the amount of first um interview requests. And then I work back and I set my I set my month. It's like, okay, this month I need to do this amount of work and I set it then, okay, in a day I need to do this. I just work towards that and you know I've got the lowest blood pressure in the office I've got the best cholesterol I'm an I'm uh, I'm an overweight fatty guy but inside I'm really healthy and calm and I can tell you what it's because of metrics and I know if I want to ramp my business up um, then I need to um, you know change um, a certain metric to get to get to that goal and it also allows me as a recruiter when my numbers aren't coming through I can pinpoint exactly where the problem is. Is it my conversion? Am I having trouble with closing deals at the moment? Has my Um, see um, client interview ratio to placement increased why is it increased okay I changed these techniques go back to my old techniques was it my um, pitching roles to candidates was that the problem so unless you don't know your pipeline and don't know your metrics and the ratios at each stage of your pipeline I don't see how people can fix their recruiting and fix their strategy and if you're managing people how the heck do you manage someone if you don't know their sales, their recruiting pipeline, and know the metrics at every stage, it's just bizarre. And the, the attitude that oh, I don't need to do it, yeah, you know, just working really hard will get you a result. But you know, I feel really relaxed recruiting. I'm not stressed by it because I know my metrics. I run them, and um, I can adjust. So those that aren't, and aren't that's your addition. That's doing. your
1: addition to Rich Rosen's. That's your addition to Rich Rosen's list. That's that's your list, okay? Of mm. this metrics thing. He didn't talk about metrics. Okay? He didn't talk about metrics on his. So that's tyrants. Anything else about metrics? Because I know you, you. Netflix is advertising that they don't use metrics in recruiting anymore, right? Yeah. They're that, they're going yeah, to have to all the <laughs> That sounds
2: like another show.
1: Yeah. we can yeah, argue guess, about it. I guess so. I can
2: use science to prove okay. how
1: silly it is. <laughs> okay, Jim. B- Jim, before we end this show. What's that URL again?
2: Sourcingworklab.com, and we share good metrics.
1: Sourcingworklab. Okay, okay. Thank you, Rich Rosen. Thank you, Maureen Sherham. Thank you, Michael G. Cox. And thanks again. It's enough to our guest, Tyron.
4: Loved having you. It's the middle of the night in Japan. Go to sleep! Goodbye! Yeah. Oh, wrong music. Oh, wrong music. Goodbye! <laughs> oh,